The Feminist Coach Academy podcast is proudly supported by Perk Digital, helping professional and entrepreneurial women amplify their message, build their body of work, and leave a legacy through podcasts. For more information about how podcasts can help you build your brand, visit perkdigital.com.au. Welcome to the Feminist Coach Academy podcast, where inclusive feminism, business, and coaching meet. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the co-founders of the Feminist Coach Academy, Naomi Arnold and Cameron Aaron. We are feminist life and biz coaches, both passionate about helping coaches, therapists, helping professionals, practitioners, and entrepreneurs integrate a feminist lens and perspective into their businesses, life, and client practice. On this podcast, we plan to help you do so. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. And you are here with Nay and Cam again. (laughs) And we have a fun episode today where we are talking about collaboration and collaborating. And, you know, we are a collaboration and we've been collaborating for a little while now. And we just thought we'd come on and talk about that and how well, because it's been working well and how it's been working for us and what our thoughts about collaboration are. And if you're wondering about collaborating with other people and how to do it or who to do it with and what makes a collaboration work or not. I mean, of course, we can't speak for everyone. We can always speak for our own but we thought it'd be fun to just kind of share our experience and our thoughts about this. Yeah, it is something we get asked questions about sometimes. So we thought it would be a fun place to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Well, why don't we just start with compatibility? So, you know, Nay, I've had some other collaborations before, but this currently is my only collaboration. But Nay has some other people she collaborates with for other things, other businesses Mm -hmm. and projects. And so there's going to be multiple perspectives here. But for me, I have realized that there is a thing called compatibility. I, I mean, we know this. I mean, I've known this in terms of like personal relationships, romantic relationships, friendships. But I've also realized it's a real thing in business collaborations as well, right? That compatibility is huge. And I think that there's, well, I know there is such a difference between collaborating with someone you are compatible with and someone you're not. What do you think? Yeah. I was just thinking about the different collaborations that I've had and compatibility was a huge piece. And I was thinking of how overlapping with that I think the other huge piece was being really clear around what the collaboration was and the roles are and I think that kind of 
facilitates compatibility, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think in most cases, I've known the people that I'm collaborating with for a while and have had other interactions with them first and have an existing relationship with them. So I've had a pretty good idea around compatibility. Right. I think that makes yeah. sense because I've had the experience of collaborating with someone where we didn't have much of an existing relationship before collaborating. And I think that that made a difference. You know, I think that that maybe wasn't the wisest choice mm-hmm. and that it's, it definitely, I think is worth getting to know someone for a little while before collaborating with them, mm-hmm. even if it's, online and you have never met them in person because you and I started a relationship before we met in person. And yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of one collaboration too where I didn't know the person really well. We'd only had, I think, one conversation, like actual conversation <laughs> um, before we explored the option of collaborating. But we also spent a lot of time getting clear on the agreements and and what was expected of each other. And I feel like that helped as well or helped in a large way, yeah, um, where I probably wouldn't have agreed to entering a collaboration with someone that I didn't have like a more established relationship with otherwise. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And you never know what can work and, and what what doesn't. I mean, sometimes you're good friends with someone mm-hmm. and you start collaborating. I haven't really had this experience, but I know it can happen where you are good yeah. friends with someone and then you start collaborating and then it just doesn't work very well. It's kind of like how you can't live with all of your close friends, right? Like you can't be roommates <laughs> with just anyone because they're a close friend. I mean, there's got to be, I have, you know, definitely had that experience where there is such thing as a compatibility in that regard. So I think that's important to consider as well. And I know that like for us, there is that friendship piece first and that that is also a piece that we've wanted to keep as well as having a business together but also not lose sight of the friendship piece. And it can be tricky to balance that. Yeah, it can be. I know this is something that we've, I've been talking about with um, my collaboration partners with the Gentle Business Mastermind as well. So it's an example where friendship was first and we were meeting regularly to support one another in our businesses as a little little mastermind on our on our own and then um, Mandy suggested that we we do it as a as an offering and invite other people in and we've been doing that a few years now but you just slip into this habit of focusing on the offering and your friendship kind of then it's still there but we weren't meeting regularly as friends anymore we were kind of meeting to talk about the business and that's something that we're making a conscious effort to to shift moving forward. So part of the strength of the collaboration is that we're friends and yet you also have to be really conscious of, I guess, honouring and prioritising the friendship. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can work 
I do think that just because you're friends doesn't mean you should be business partners. I think that you have to figure out what, who you work well with. And sometimes you have to like, mm-hmm. just try it to find out. But I, yeah, you never know. But this, I mean, I feel like our partnership has definitely been working out well overall. Yeah. Yeah, it has been. <laughs> and what do you think that's all about? I mean, I guess we just said ah. compatibility and being clear about what the business is and our roles in it. But it feels like there's more to yeah. it than that. I, I mean, not to put you on the spot, but when you first asked me to collaborate with you, why did you think I would be good for you? Well, there's the obvious answer that people probably think of first when they're considering collaboration and that's kind of an alignment of values. So, yeah, I felt that that was there, that we had an alignment of values. I also felt like we had an alignment in when it comes to passion and I guess the work that we're trying to do in the world or that we're aspiring to do, they felt like there was an alignment there. There was also a sense of trust, I think, like I felt like I could trust you and also like we could, because what we were talking about, the collaboration we're talking about is quite a complex one. The The work that we're doing is quite complex and I felt like we could talk through with each other about those difficulties Um we had had conversations before, I guess, around difficult things. And so I just had a trust there that that would, that would work well. You had, I think, knowledge and strength in areas that I don't really see myself as having knowledge and strength in. So it felt compatible in that sense too, that the kind of the knowledge and resources and skills that we were bringing were, would complement each other as well yeah they're kind of the immediate things that are coming to mind yeah I I feel the same I think also for me I felt like you were reliable and that's really big for me felt like you would actually get shit done (laughs) (laughs) whilst also not to I think the other part too for me like hearing you say that is there was that, there was the reliable and get shit done. But there was also the, I knew that a hustle culture was something that you were dedicated to not endorsing or being yeah, part yeah, of. Yeah. And I really want a partner that was like that too, you know, that was, yeah. get, was, was reliable, would get shit done, but wasn't going to be like hustle, 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 yeah. productivity, productivity, productivity as well. Yeah. And there is a balance of that. Right. So yeah, I definitely, I have to live a balanced life. It's like for anyone that follows astrology, my moon is in Libra and I am a Capricorn sun. So Capricorn is a hard worker and is a consistent worker, but the Libra needs balance. So I'm, I'm not a workaholic and I'm not I have to have everything in my life balanced, you know, I need to, and I do, or else it's like, I'm, you know, not doing so very well. Right. And so, yeah, there is like that balance where it's like Capricorn has the drive and the ambition and the like, go, go, go. But I feel like there's that, those other parts in me that keep that in check, right. That keep that from going 
off into unhealthy territory or, you know, toxic culture territory, right? And I've always been against, you know, just grinding and working yourself to death. Well, not literal death, but hopefully not. And, but, or, and, and I am someone that likes to get things done. I have been a part of, you know, I have worked with people before where you just talk, 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 and you don't get anything done. And it's just not my nature. I am a net and my nature is like, I'm a doer. And so like, I, it's so important for me to feel like we're making progress and we're moving somewhere. Yeah, I hear you there. I think another piece as well was that I had witnessed, I think, where people had disagreed with you online or called you in. I can't remember the exact scenario, but I had witnessed you be receptive to that and like engage in conversation there. And so I think for me, I was like, oh, this is someone who who has integrity and like is genuinely trying to practice what they're preaching and has accountability checks in place. And that that was important to me as well. So yeah, definitely. I felt like you mm-hmm. that too. I don't think I really saw you with as many like disagreements or being called in or out, but I definitely felt like you were receptive to that. You were interested in being held accountable, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just kind of necessary, especially in the type of work that we're doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you, you knew like your mentors were people that I respected and that I knew like, you know, we're aligned with like my values and I I loved seeing who you would pay to coach you or mentor you or and be connected with and yeah, so there was a trust there as well. But for anyone that does believe in astrology, May is a Taurus and I am a Capricorn and <laughs> I tell May this all the time though. May, I don't know what you think of it, but <laughs> whether you think it's total bogus or if you think there's truth to it, but Capricorns and Tauruses are like very compatible signs generally. Does that mean you when I say that? (laughs) (laughs) It does. So to those who are listening, I'm not across astrology. It's something that I would love to learn more about and I haven't yet uh, so I'm always curious and love when Cam does share what that means. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm thinking when you tell me okay. these things. <laughs> I am curious and interested and love that it's affirming <laughs> um, in our context. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Please do not stop that. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, no, because I'm always like, man, just... Does she think this is bullshit? Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay if you're not into astrology and you're listening. No worries. (laughs) But for those that are, I think that the that whole compatible the astrology compatibility source speaks for itself. So let's go talk a little bit about like the roles within the business. We don't, you know, not, not necessarily going over the exact roles we have, but just 
Because I know yeah. you've had different experiences with this with different collaborators. So in our collaboration, yeah. we tend to have different roles. There are some things we both do, some tasks that we both do, some roles that we both play, like we both moderate the Facebook group and we both send emails and write emails and you know, there's some things we both do, but then there's other things that we do different, very differently, right? Like we take on different roles and they tend to be things that we genuinely want to do more or, and like the things that we don't, aren't doing tend to be the things we don't want to do, which works out really great. (laughs) (laughs) But I know that you're like in other collaborations, it's not necessarily that case, but also works well. Can you speak more about that? Yeah. So in the collaboration I mentioned before with the Gentle Business Mastermind, we traditionally have kind of spread the workload evenly amongst the three of us. So we kind of have a roster for most of the tasks where we take turns doing things. And for the most part, the work is there's some things that obviously you can't take turns with, like the bookkeeping that sits with someone's, you know, thing. So there are some things where we don't divide the work equally, uh, but for the most part we have. But having said that, and this kind of tandems on the previous episode we did around boundaries and capacity and whatnot, we've come to realise that recently that we want to shift that and move more towards kind of an approach that you and I do Um from the start, which wasn't really dividing everything equally, but dividing things by kind of skills, interest, capacity, whatnot, and being fluid around that. So, yes, it does work dividing things equally, especially since we're all kind of um, in that partnership. We are very alike and have similar skills and approaches to things, but this past year has been a year where there's been a lot of shit going on behind the scenes and uh, personally and collectively, and that hasn't been, we need to do some shifts there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Really, mm-hmm. the workload equally, you mean just roles? Because the workload is probably going to be equal. It's just going to be different roles, right? Like you're going to be for amount of work, just different. Yes. Well, for, so for example, when it would come to moderating the Facebook group, we would have a roster of who's doing what week. Um, say we're sending out emails, so we all send the emails to members. Right. It's when it's our week on, we'll send the email, we'll moderate the Facebook group, we'll do whatever it is that week, and we have a roster there for that. Same with kind of launches and launch tasks, we kind of divvy up all the work. So it's not like someone it's someone's role to handle social media, it's someone's role to do the website and, and things like that. In our arrangement, we take on different roles and we both do like probably the same amount of work, but yeah. different roles. So yeah. And I think also like equal in the regards of yeah. the same amount of work. Yeah. Yeah, And I think our context was different too because, so for example, with that partnership, we'd all used WordPress sites, we'd all used the Divi theme, we all kind of used similar tools as well. So uh, whereas in our partnership, you know, you didn't use WordPress, but I did, and then that's what the website's on. 
So there was things like that too that just didn't make sense to yeah. divide up, you know, who's doing show notes and stuff when yeah. when I'm the one that's always had a WordPress site, so I know how to do that faster <laughs> than what you would. Um, right. So, yeah, there were some points of difference there as well. Right. So we're kind of leaning more into what we're already skilled in and know how mm. to do and genuinely like doing more, I guess. And then same with calls. So, for example, in that partnership, and this might change in the future, is we would divide the calls equally, like the number of calls we were doing in the community. In our partnership, we don't do that. You do more calls and I do more kind of behind-the-scenes website membership portal stuff, for example. So it's just so it really is unique to the partnership and I feel like and also to the context behind the scene. So that approach, as I said, has been working for like at least a few years for us, but just in the past months we're like, oh, we might need to shift some things here because capacity has shifted. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's a good thing to keep in for folks to keep in mind that things can absolutely shift. And that's okay too. And it's great when you're collaborating to be very clear about which each partner is doing and to do so from the beginning as much as possible, but to make it an ongoing conversation because things will change. I know that things change between us, like in the very, very beginning of the pilot round, like May was taking on more work and also getting paid more because of that. But then we actually made some shifts. And so then it became 50, 50, as we went forward. And so, yeah, like there can be all kinds of shifts made. Yeah. And I think that's part of what's really important in a collaboration is to know that you can be honest with your partner. Yeah. And I feel like I've been in collaborations where I, I could always be honest. So I could always go to that person and say, this isn't working for me anymore. So, you know, for example, well, with both of those collaborations, the I used to do evening calls, right? When we did the pilot round to for the Australian and UK folks. And you would do what's well, my morning that your afternoon calls. And then the same with the other partnership, we'd do morning and evening calls. Calls in general and especially evening calls have become harder for me lately, capacity wise. And so, you know, I know that I can be honest and, and say that and we work out a way for, for what that means. Yeah. I hate to be in a partnership where you can't express your needs and what's working and not working. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it'd be terrible. It's really important to have that feeling like you can be honest with each other and work out a different way of doing things. And and sometimes it's outsourcing too, whether that's through mm-hmm. hiring someone else or bartering arrangements or if you don't have the capital, right? Or finding some other way, getting creative and finding some way, right? Again, we don't want to ask for unpaid free labor or find a way to sort of a different way of compensating, right? That's totally fine too. But yeah, getting creative and thinking about that. I know that like recently I just decided like, like we we know that we want to do more videos and I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I, I tried it 
and it, I don't feel skilled in it and it feels very time consuming. And I know that you don't have the time for it either. And I'm just like, this is something we need to outsource, you know, like this is something that I would be willing to pay for, you know? So yeah, I think getting, getting clear on that, right? Like if there's, you know, what can you outsource and what are the things that you can do and that feel good? And yeah. Yeah. I think so as well. And I know we're in a, like a stage of business where we can't outsource as much as we would like. (laughs) So, you know, ideally there'd be things that we're both doing at the moment that in the future we hope that we wouldn't be doing that we'd be able to. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. That will happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, again, a both and there. It's thinking about what we can outsource now that will honor our capacity and being open to the future as well of what we could continue to outsource or choose to outsource. Exactly. So yeah, getting clear with your roles and then having written agreements around that is a good idea as well. We do that too. And we try to update them because sometimes they need some updating. So yeah, you do have to review those uh, and remind yourself to review them fairly, fairly regularly. Hey, like I know I've got some sitting in my inbox from you reviewing (laughs) in them in the past week or so to return to. And yeah, it's very important to have them. You can find some great templates online that can support you there. And because I think a lot of the time people are like, what do you mean agreements? Like how, what do I, like how do I even start? And there are a couple of templates out there. Well, there are a couple of different formats of, of different templates for like relationship charters and collaboration agreements and, and things like that, that, can be a really good starting point for you to to discuss and it'll go through things like well, as individuals what are your what are your goals and intentions and expectations and needs and what are the different roles that you'll each play and you'll really like unpack those different things that can be really useful to have a transparent conversation about before you lock in a collaboration and then as we were just saying can be really useful to return to every so often to just review and see whether anything has shifted or or changed from not just your capacity each of your capacity but also just from your learning and experience of actually doing uh, what you've put in there and so that can be really useful to do from the beginning just to get really clear with each other yeah, that's a great idea. So what about challenges? Because challenges will come up um, no matter how compatible you are or how well you work well with one another. And they have come up for us sometimes, but not a lot, <laughs> which I think is a good sign because I think it's healthy for challenges to arise but not if they're rising all the time. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I've been lucky to not be in a collaboration where challenges are all the time. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Or consistently or, you know. Yeah. 
something, things that just keep coming up, you know, like if you've been in, if anyone's been in a romantic relationship where you're constantly processing, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, I've been in that and that can show up, I think in business collaborations as well. Where Absolutely. Just, yeah. Yeah. I've heard from friends that have experienced that and just, it can just be so draining. Right. And Absolutely. Yeah. It can take zap away resources and all the different resource types. Um, Right. Yeah. I have actually been in a collaboration like that and I noticed that it did zap away my energy. It also zapped away my desire to do anything. Like Mm -hmm. I became less and less, like I just didn't want to do anything anymore. And I didn't really want to show up for it anymore because I didn't have as much to give anymore because I, w- I was drained. Can I imagine people would also have a bit of underlying fear about doing things because it might spark conflict or yeah. challenges and, and whatnot too. I feel like with the collaborations, like with ours and with others, that that. I have seen evidence that when we disagree or are coming at things from a different angle that we could talk it through and find a solution or an option that would work for all of us. And there's always been this underlying respect and care for the other partner and like this genuine want to find options and ways of doing things that feel supportive and energizing for each other. And I feel like we, and I'm lucky with all the collaborations I've had, there's been that there where you can feel safe to say, I don't know that I agree with that or even, you know, that, that hurt me or, you know, it's what you intended because <laughs> it's not, there's something about that's just, it's triggering me or not sitting right or, or whatever. And, and know that that person cares and will want to expand on different possibilities and options and ways of doing things. And I feel like you don't always know though, do you, whether, whether that is, yeah something you can have with someone until you're yeah. in the thick of it, which is why I think having that existing relationship mm-hmm. can be helpful sometimes. Yeah. 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 When you're in the middle of a difficult conversation or yeah, the thinking about like, do you, you know, how important is this to you? And if it is, then working through it, right. Talking it out then is, the thing to do right and admitting when you have done wrong or hurt someone or something and being able to to do that yeah and not like expecting of each other to be perfect and to handle everything yeah perfectly all the time yeah and and to not agree on everything all the time and Mm. we don't and there are some things where I'll be like, there's some things where 
that are like more important to you that you really want to have or that are more important to me that I really want to have. And so then we have to say like, no, really, like this is what I want and this is important. Go And the other person goes, oh, okay, you know, that's fine. You know, but then like, there are some things that you just kind of need to talk through. Like you'll have different viewpoints on or you'll be like interpreting something differently and you just need to like talk it through and you might be a little triggered, not necessarily by each other, but by like other people or something. And you just need to talk it through with each other. Like you're like, I don't know why that person said this thing. Oh my gosh. You know, (laughs) but then like the other partner might be like, Oh really? I didn't take it that way. I took it as this, you know? And so you just need to kind of talk through like, Oh really? Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, that's one of the best things about a collaboration, isn't yeah. it? Is yeah, for sure. You have that partner in those instances where you can talk through whatever the scenario is and get different interpretations of it and kind of take that pause before responding and responding in a more healthy or helpful way. And yeah, you have that avenue to vent a little bit before you. <laughs> <laughs> Before you take action, <laughs> which you don't always have as a solo business yeah. owner where you're grappling everything on your own, hopefully with some form of support network. Yeah. But, yeah, that's one of the beauties, I think, about collaboration. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say that I used to think, well, because growing up in school, I never liked working in teams. And Same. I hate it. Group, group projects, group work. <laughs> and I never considered myself a team player, if you will. You know, it's like yeah. you know how that was one of those things that you should write on your resume. I was like, but that's not me. Like, I am not a yeah. team player. <laughs> and even when I was in sports, I was in cross country in high school. And I did not like going with what the crowd was doing. Like, I remember like the team all wanted to like wear the same thing and their hair, this like wear is do something the same. And I didn't want to do it. <laughs> and I was the rebel in the group and they didn't like that. I didn't want it, you know? So it's was like, I never really was the team player. So years ago, I thought I'm an introvert. I don't think I can collaborate. Like, I just don't think it's for me. I think I just have to work alone. (laughs) It's just the only way for me. But then through this collaboration, I have actually, it's changed everything for me. Like, it's like, I never want to work alone again. (laughs) Like, I, (laughs) I can't believe, you know, I have this beautiful thing, right? So And that's why I talked so much about compatibility in the beginning, because I think that's part of it. And of course, honest communication, like we've been saying, there's all these little components there. I think that's so important. I don't know. I think maybe part of it is as well as what we're taught teamwork and being part of a team is. And then like everything, how, you know, our social identities, how we're socialized, all those different factors that then kind of impact that can help form these assumptions around what teamwork is and and these internalized beliefs around it. So I think for me, it, it was like I always said that I hated group work and, and whatnot, but 
if I really examined that, it was probably a lot of factors there at play, like feeling like my opinion or approach wasn't wanted or, or valued or feeling like there was some competitiveness there instead of true collaboration. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, where we are now and we have these collaborations and and that are just so beautiful, um, we're both introverts. Like I'm an extreme introvert right up in the 90th percentile or something. <laughs> There's kind of this um, sense of reclaiming what, what a team and collaboration is. and It is. That's a really good point. Yeah. Because you're right. Like what we've been taught about what collaboration is, isn't what collaboration really is. Yeah. So, yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I stop and I think, and I think, how would I, like, thank goodness I'm not doing this on my own because yeah. how the F would I do it? <laughs> like, <laughs> Me too. I, what is Coach Academy as one person? No way. No. <laughs> and like, we're just talking about like us as a collaboration and the Feminist Coach Academy is even more than that. Like, it's not just us collaborating. We have an advisory board and a faculty and, <laughs> and um, peers, people in the group. Like, this is like a massive collaboration that kind of extends even more out from you and I as co-founders. So, right. yeah, we're just touching on just that one layer of collaboration so far when there's <laughs> many other layers in this one. It's, it's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about one more area when it comes to collaboration and what we think makes, you know, uh, good collaboration or, you know, one that works well. And that is appreciation. And I have realized how important appreciation is in any relationship, really, right? and especially a business collaboration. And um, I don't know about you, Nay, but I do feel appreciated on a regular basis by you. And it does help me feel supported and valued, and it helps keep me going and wanting to continue to do the work. I'm the same. I feel like you just articulated very well how how I feel, especially that piece around as well around helping it keep you going and doing the work. Yeah. I feel like it's a fuel in a way. We're doing a lot and it requires a lot of labor or thinking and yeah, it's quite complex and just, you know, having that appreciation just kind of feels like a fuel for doing that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And we do thank each other often for, you know, taking, doing actions and tasks and our roles that we do. And that really works well for me. I love giving appreciation and I love receiving it, you know, from my partner. And, but it has to feel like an equal give and take. And it does for me. And I don't know that you and I had actually done this, but one thing that folks might want to do when they're collaborating is think about the your love languages and like your top love languages and what you like to receive 
I guess I haven't really had to mention it with Nay because I feel like my top two are being fulfilled. <laughs> so like my top two are time, quality time and uh, words of affirmation. And the quality time one is a little more complicated with us since we live in different countries and we can only meet on Zoom. So there's some different expectations there than if we were like in person. But yeah, I mean, we have our weekly CEO meeting and I really like that. And I really like that we started that and that does, I mean, we don't, we definitely focus, tend to focus on business stuff. And it is like we had mentioned before, like it's important to take time to like, just like nurture the friendship. But it even just having that time together, no matter what we're talking about does help me feel connected and loved. And then I feel like you're really good at words of affirmation. And it's like I was telling my romantic partner, like that my business partner is really good at giving me that. And it feels fulfilling. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that because sometimes I catch myself and I think... <laughs> I think I'm just jumping into business here. You know, when you go, when you've done something, you've done a piece of work and you're asked questions or put comments on it. And I just jump straight into responding to that. And sometimes I go, whoa, I haven't even stopped and paused to like feel into how much of a big job this was and how thankful I am that you did it. So I quite often do catch myself doing that and can just see how easy it would be to, to kind of fall into that habit. Yeah. I don't feel like yeah. you do. So I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> well, if I ever do, you make sure you tell me. <laughs> okay, I will. Yeah. But yeah. My, uh, my husband asked me to do that a while ago, the love language, I years and years ago now. And I remember <laughs> when I sent him my results, I was pretty much an even spread across all of them. <laughs> You're like, damn it, I wanted it to be like a simple one, one or two things. But I was just this pretty much balance across the board. I'm just like, show me appreciation in all the ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it all. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And it, I took, you know, I think I actually asked you this question a while back, and I think that was your answer. You're like, I like them all. I don't know. I can't choose. And I was like, oh, okay, good to know. But actually, that's easy. That actually kind of makes it easier, I think, because it means you can mix it up. And it means that no matter what way you go, you are kind of showing appreciation. Um, and, you know, I think it can also vary person to person, right? And what kind of relationship you have. And it's not, you're not, it's not necessarily going to be the same with every person. Yeah. And so like you love and you, you can really change good. like context to context. Yeah. Life exactly. Circumstance to life circumstance. And yeah. Well, you're really good at giving gifts too and sending gifts, even though we are countries apart. And I love that. I love receiving your gifts. And I wouldn't necessarily say that the gift receiving is at the top of my list, but I do really appreciate it. It does make my day, you know, and I like giving gifts as well. So I don't know, it's hard to sort of rank them sometimes. But I think yeah. that just noticing how people give appreciation and then also being clear about how you like to receive it, if you know how you like to receive it. Yeah. Helpful. Yeah. 
you're great at giving gifts and you're great at remembering like special occasions and birthdays and things like that, not just for me, but for others as well. I always adore that about you. I was just thinking we've also, like if we expand outside of our relationship, didn't we also put on a form or something for the advisory board or at some point ask them how they like to receive Yes, um, we did. Appreciation. Yeah. So, yeah, since we have a team, we have asked our advisory board that we've, um, and they have told us that we've given them gifts based on their responses of what they like to receive because we think it's fun to give. And then also, like, with our Patreon supporters, we recently offered to give them some of our merch, FCA merch, and some of them have taken us up on that, which we love. And, um, and yeah, we've gifted some folks we've had bartering arrangements with and folks that have worked, you know, done some work for us. And yeah, so it's great. Like if you have a team to ask about, you know, gifts or appreciation and what people like to, to receive. Yeah make such a big difference especially probably recently when we're also even more so you know isolated with with covid all yeah. the lockdowns and everything that's going on yeah exactly yeah yeah it could totally bring your day to receive some kind of appreciation mm-hmm. helps make the the hard times a little bit more manageable yeah we could probably do a whole episode on appreciation. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I guess stop there in the interest of time. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and that hope that it's helpful for you and when you're thinking about collaborating or if you're already collaborating and and thinking about, you know, what serves you best there. And so this is the last episode of season three. We're going to take a little break for a couple months, but we will be back with a season four with brand new episodes. And yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this season. If you've missed any episodes, you know, they are there for you to go back and listen to, or even from, you know, season two or season one. Yeah. Feel free to, to binge, <laughs> go back and binge past episodes while we're on break. And then we'll be back again soon. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And on the theme of this topic, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. <laughs> Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to today's episode please go to www.feministcoachacademy.com to learn more about our certification training, to grab our freebies. We have a number of freebies available for you and to learn more about who we are, our advisory board, and to listen to more podcast episodes. Make sure you are subscribed to our podcast in iTunes or Spotify and that you're following us on social media at Feminist Coach Academy on Instagram and Facebook. And if you love our podcast, we would love it if you would rate and write us a review in iTunes. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. Have a joyful rest of your day. Thank you.